What's going on, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of the Murfanko Experience, Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast. Uh, baseball's back, baby. Baseball's here. Regular season started. And uh, score wasn't too great. Uh, <laughs> oh, we got defeated by the dinosaur, Adam Wainwright, our old nemesis. And it was uh, super, super ugly. Some good news happened. The Pirates made an extension offer to Cabrian Hayes, and from what it all looks, it's going to go through if he passes the physical. That's where the bad news comes in. He was hurt today. Um, then some more good news. It doesn't seem to be serious. It seems like a, a thumb issue or a forearm issue. I can't remember what was exactly said, but everything seems to be going okay as far as Cabrian Hayes goes listed day to day. But I do have some other news. Uh, Murph, unfortunately, is not, ab- is not able to uh, attend the show today. Um, but he did pop in for a little bit to let us know uh, that he can't make it. He's a little sick. So Big Bear, hope you get better, man. But we do have Nola, the other co-host on the show today. What's going on, baby? Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. It's just Nola and his uh, bald beauty magnificence. It's all shiny right now. Mm. Fresh shave. <laughs> Cue ball mother for you. Anyways, Nola, how you doing, man? Fantastic. Yeah. Doing good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Minor league uh, baseball is back. That's that's what I'm really excited about. Uh, that's what I'll be paying attention. Yeah, man. I'm really excited about it. Mason Martin was mashing the ball from what I could see today. Mm-hmm. So... We know a certain podcaster who's going to cream his jeans over that. Oh, yeah. For sure. But I'm being rude. I haven't even introduced our guest yet, and it's pretty damn good guest, I'd have to say. So without further ado, let me introduce the man of the hour or 25, 30 minutes, Adam Bittner. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well. Glad to join you guys. Yeah, yeah, not a problem, man. So for anyone who doesn't really know, uh, you know, what you do in the sporting world, uh, just give a little bit of your credentials, man. Brag a little bit. What do you do? Yeah, I'm a digital producer for the Post-Gazette, uh, you know, working in the sports department, do a little bit of everything for us. Um, you know, just this week, I've been working on a story about a, a a older Boston marathon runner who's making the race for the first time, West Virginia uh, football, done some pirates, done some Steelers. So, um, you know, I'm really all over the map, but you know, baseball is one of my first loves. So I'm always glad to talk about it. Yeah. I think we can all agree with that. Baseball is definitely my first love. I made the connection through my grandmother. Uh, I can remember she always sang the seventh inning stretch at the top of her lungs and uh, God rest her soul, man. I missed the hell out of her, but baseball brought us together today and we have a mailbag episode uh, to get into. And uh, Adam, I really appreciate it. Uh, you taking the time to, you know, answer these fans questions. And I'd say we have a pretty good set list of questions. Um, that's just me personally. Nola, how do you feel about these questions? I think I got some some decent answers for a couple of these. I'm yeah, I gonna fly by the seat by the hand on my seat on a couple of them, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we do have to shout out one particular player for question number one for Murph. We can't we can't let him down, man. So, without you know any other things going on, let's just get right into it, shall we? Um, Yark 
good friend of the podcast, uh, good friend of the old podcast too. Uh, his question was, name us three guys to watch coming from the complex leagues to low A in 2022. And I kind of feel like I'm cheating when I say guys like Sung Chi Chang. Like that seems like the easy answer because that's all I ever talk about. Um, Rodolfo Nolasco. That's another cat that we have to name because of Murph and with good merit. I mean, Nolasco tore the ball up in the complex league and granted it is the complex league and there's not great competition with pitchers there, but I mean, he put up some pretty damn good numbers. Uh, Another one that I feel like I must mention is Randy Romero uh, speedster on the bases tore it up. That one. Yeah. I love Randy Romero, man. Cat can fly. I love the fast guys and the tall boys. Love me the tall boys too. Tanaj Thomas, where you at, baby? I love you with your big hands and your tall, tallness. I love it. Um, but yeah, those are my guys. You know, Randy Romero especially. Um, I'm not going to even say Tung Chi Chang because you all know how I feel about him. Or Yins. I shouldn't say y'all. I'm getting into Nola's speech there. but Romero tore it up in Mexico he really did and it was an uptick in competition you know Mm -hmm. he was facing at least from what John told us uh pretty good pitching in Mexico as compared to complex league and even low a so I don't know I'd say those are my three guys you know there are some other cats that we should name and Mm -hmm. but I'll I'll leave those up to you I mean, well, I I feel like I want to do a little crossover just because I, I I'm very very excited to see Nolasco, just because mm-hmm. of all the uh, I guess you could say hype he's gotten in the way he they talk about you know how hard he hits the ball just natural power that the dude has like I I can't wait to actually get to see that on streams you know yeah uh, with Bradenton which is you know great since Greensboro still doesn't have him um, <clears throat> and then um. Obviously, yeah, Chang. That, that's a little bit of a, a gimme. one everyone's going to see. I, and then I know one that uh, a couple of people are going to love to hear, Giovanni Planchard. Yeah. Um, Justin, I mean, we're and, talking to you, baby. And I, I don't know if you uh, shared that video of him. Mm. I did. <laughs> He's a, a tank. tank. That dude is <laughs> big. That is a big – I mean, my first thought was, you know, He's what uh, Jared Jones needs when he decides to take on another six foot eight Aussie. <laughs> and then, I must uh, admit that that video blew up for me. My first ever video that blowed up was when I recorded the the fight that Jared Jones caused. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Why did he run?" I'm like, "That dude's a six foot eight Australian boy. I'd run too." <laughs> but then actually going go to the pitcher side, um, one name that actually popped out to me was uh, Carlos Jimenez. Mm. I remember there, there was big talk about him. Yeah. So I, he's someone that I'm excited to. And uh, John, John mentioned he has probably one of the best changeups in the system uh, mm-hmm. as of right now. And at a kid that young, having mm-hmm. a good changeup, that's, that's rare. You don't mm-hmm. see a lot of kids with good changeups. So nah. Menez is a good pick. Um, yeah. We also saw. Brennan Malone in the complex league a little bit. And, you know, Adam, I'm not too sure if you're familiar with Malone at all. Um, you know, do you want to talk into some Malone a little bit? Cause he was on my list as well. 
Now I'll defer to you guys on the, uh, the low level process. You guys are the experts. I'm learning from you. Uh, <laughs> Cause I haven't had, I didn't even really get a chance to review. Saw Mackie tweeted out the, uh, all of the, the assignments today. Um, mm. you know, looking forward to digging into that at some point, but you guys definitely, you, you guys have me schooled on this stuff. So I'm just listening to you guys. <laughs> you got all the information. That's, that's that, you know, that's rare for us, Nola, man. That's rare. Usually we're the ones getting taken to school with yeah, our we're, guests. We're, we're like, it's a little weird. It's a, it's a little, it's refreshing. I'd say. Although um, another name I saw too, that, uh, cause I don't think he actually pitched last year. Did a carry ever make it into a game mm-mm. draft pick the college pitcher? I don't think he did. No. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what he brings to the table and he's going to Greensboro right away. So, yeah. Um, I must say Wyatt Hendry's an ex- I wouldn't say exciting, but someone who no one really has talked about at all Mm-mm. because he was considered the other catcher in the draft. But yeah. Hendry has some tools that I think could, I don't know, fare well for him. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a stack system now with catchers. It's kind of crazy to think about because yeah. there wasn't any before Charrington really came in. Mm-mm. none i mean you had what dylan shockley ethan goforth mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> some random grant, cats grant, off the street grant coke <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a little inside joke grant coke but uh we won't get into the specifics there yeah. um but yeah those those are some of the names that i feel like we should you know be looking out for uh, going into the you know low A or high A, depending on what prospects uh, we just discussed. But the second question, I think, is a little interesting because it get it got us thinking, you know, more creatively than just looking at pure numbers. And it came from Pirates Queen Banshee. Uh, she always gives good questions and always shows the support on the show, so we got to shout her out. Um, but she talked about the new pitch calling system. She wants to relay to us you know, what we think will change with the new pitch calling system, you know, what, what, how will it affect, you know, pitchers and catchers in the short term and long term. And the best part of the question was what kind of new technology will we come up with that we think will better the game? And Nola, I know you were pretty hyped about this question because you <laughs> talked about it from the jump. So yeah. I want, I want you to kind of take the lead uh, with this question. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was worried a little at first. I was like, man, it's going to take me a minute to think of something. But I guess uh, in part how I feel the new system, pitch system, um, could affect pitchers. I think it's some, you know, I mean, I actually just kind of thought about it, you know, from an aspect of like paranoia. Because, you know, their pitchers and catchers have that, like, they come up with so many different signs and so many different yeah. systems because of just paranoia of, they're, they know our signs. They know what we're throwing down and all that. So it might kind of help like a mental aspect of like they feel yeah. more secure and safer and yeah. that uh, it's getting relayed as opposed to throwing down signs and thinking that someone's going to bang a trash can and be like fastball, you know. <laughs> um, but in terms of technology, I was thinking of uh, the first one that popped in my head, but I kind of talked myself out of it was some sort of uh, system that maybe with uh left-handers and their pickoff moves mm. and uh to uh get them from doing uh illegal pickoff moves but i was like nah that, that's a lame and b probably such a small uh <laughs> piece of it um 
and then I'll, I'll start with my uh I, I got two technically and okay. uh, but my first legit one is I think they I have to imagine they would have this sort of technology for it already but I think they should have some sort of radar system that runs along the top of the fence or the wall okay. and goes up the foul poles for home runs so okay. that you know when the ball is cleared the fence or when the, the balls that go over the pole and you don't know if it's fair or foul. Yeah. Cause that's something else that when it comes, they'll replay those. And it's something that could take a long replay. Cause there's no way to really tell. Yeah. And I feel like they could have the technology to where it's just, did it, was it a home run or not? Like kind of like uh, the that goalie is. detection system, like the goal detection system. Yeah. Or, yeah like soccer. the bar system. Yeah. 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 Or or like tennis where it's like in or out. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, they just uh, – I've always kind of thought that would be one of the easier things to do, especially with all the high-tech, um, you know, this high-tech stuff they already have in the ballparks to detect, you know, a break. You know, I can be sitting mm. in, in Section 312 in the last row, and, and they can tell me how much break there was on the pitch on, on the side video boards. If you can do that, right. I feel like you would be able to track – you know, angles and, and, and ball tracking. And, um, you know, I, I just think of all those commercials during the NCAA tournament, there's a Invesco QQQ mm-hmm. where you'd have these like ladies walking in, they, they'd be acting like they knew everything. Cause they're, you know, they have all the data and the guys playing in the games don't, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and part of that was all ball tracking and player tracking. And, um, you know, all of that technology exists. It's just a matter of, you know, making it. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that, that is interesting, and that I think that's extremely feasible. You well, know? that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like they have to have, they pretty much have the technology already. Like, yeah, they should be able to do that. Yeah, but then the other one I thought of is this. And, okay, I need to know: is this out of? Is this like a crazy one, or is this another legit one? No, this is my crazy one. Oh, this is your crazy. Okay, <laughs> and I, I was watching the indie game, and it reminded me of it. And actually, I feel like a lot of people would be behind this one. They need to create a very high quality satellite system that is, I haven't figured out the second half of it. I don't know if it's just going to be, you know, linked to uh, lasers or something, but we need to get rid of the wooers in games. (laughs) If you have any woo, it's just the late, bam, death beam, (laughs) death beam, straight Tesla shit. Like out of the air, just bam, get rid of the wooers. Now, are you, do you feel the same way about the wave? I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Cause you know, that's, that's something that, you know, is more so cheerful thing for like children, I guess. I mean, what you if know? a kid woos though? Then you got children blood on your hands, man. Uh, we, we that could be figured out in the the sensitivity rating of it or something. Oh, the, the pitch, the, the pitch the, of the, the voice, the detection software. <laughs> Killing babies over here with your woo <laughs> technology. Now, Adam, are you pro wooer? I, I I don't know if I'm pro wooer. I'm I don't know if I'm anti wooer either. I'm kind of in that middle ground. And you know what? I'm just at the ballpark tonight, and it's part of the atmosphere. And whether I like it or not, it's I, I, I don't know. It started as an annoying thing, and now it kind of feels like you know it feels like home. It feels like part of the experience. So it bothers me less, um, you know, than when I was younger. 
Um, you know, just because usually it's it's probably it's usually happening in a bad game late in like a night a game like today a nine nothing beating, um, and everyone's just trying to goof around and have some fun with the situation. Um, you know, I think it's more when you know when the Pirates were playing those tight games late in the season, um, mm-hmm. back when they were in the playoffs those years. When things are getting serious, it's a little annoying to have the woo going on. But um, with the state of affairs right now, I, I guess it amuses me more than not. <laughs> I am pro Vuvuzela. I must admit, the Vuvuzelas are are I, I don't know. I love it for some reason. When when the whole World Cup brought it, and then it brought the baseball. I don't know. I just love the sound of them. I mean, if they could fill the stadium a little more, maybe it would drown them out more. But oh, shush, shush! They 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 pack the house every night, man. If every night was firework night, guarantee it. Bob Nutting, hire me. <laughs> PR right here. Firework night every night. Free T-shirt Friday. Screw that. Free T-shirt every day. It go. could say, it, "I don't care. Give me a T-shirt. People will come. Build it. They will come." Great will. line. Great line. Um, my technology. I don't know, man. I kind of took the the old man route with it. I'm not a whole. I'm not a big fan of the whole pitch calling system to begin with. And the only reason I'm not is because it makes pitchers and catchers more reliant on the technology than it does trusting in their own stuff. And I I don't know. In a way, it's cool. Yeah, it's like you see the wristband and, you know, the technology and they got the earpiece. It's cool. I get it. Technology, you know, it, it... it needs to happen, but I kind of took the old man approach with the whole pitch calling system and to where I don't like it at all. I, I don't want it. Take it out of this part of the game. Like I'm usually pro like advancement in baseball because it needs to get out of the dark ages for sure. And it needs to promote crazy talk. You know what, man? That's that's fine. That's fine with me. I just don't like it at all. I, I just don't. It makes pitchers rely on technology more than their own stuff. You know, like, would you want Quinn Priester, Game 7, two, 2024, looking at a wristband or a ear, listen to an earpiece? Or you just want Henry Davis to put down the one and say, throw this fucking fastball? You know, like, I don't know. It's it's those moments in the game where it's like, it's memorable and I don't. I just don't want you looking at a wristband. Or, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, in oh, terms it, of, yeah, it, go it ahead. kind of like well, it kind of you know, there's the micromanaging element of it too, right? And and yeah. you know how much command is getting put in the dugout compared to, um, you know, the, the the players. And I think that's been a lot of the criticism of, of shifts, right? That's not even a technological advancement, um, you know, but it's you know, it's the way more power is being concentrated in the analytics and in the, um, you know, in the dugout and, and making calls based on certain situations and not just kind of doing it by feel like you and I all did when we were, you know, standing out and right and you have the coach going, uh, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's more what the data is saying and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I kind of, I hear where you're coming from and I don't think it's necessarily anti, you know, advancement. Um, it's just different tastes for different different strokes for different folks yeah no yeah see see adam's on my side man calling (laughs) my beard all gray and stuff i thought you was my friend Mm -mm -mm. uh in terms of like technology i can create to make the game better or more interesting (laughs) 
I had a really hard time trying to come up with something here. And I don't even think that it would advance the game in any way. But what if you put like a chip or something in the cleats? Like, I don't know, put it in a guy like Randy Romero and you could see, you know, how quick it took him to jump uh, from, you know, standing still to trying to steal second base. Or I'm sure they have something like that already. It's just like, that's what I, I love speed and, I don't know, put them in cleats or something. I I really couldn't come up with anything. And like, this is me thinking for two days on this. Like, it was a hard question. I must admit, it was a really hard question. And it's, it's an appreciated question because it made me think and it made us all think. Um, Adam, I'm really interested in to see if you have any, you know, technological ideas or are you more of an old guy like me? Uh, I think I'd like, you know, some kind of aid for, you know, uh, you know, Bam Bam calls it first or any base really, um, you know, but I think especially mm. sometimes just the nature of the game, you're going to get the most calls at first base because that's where the most plays are going to happen. Um, and just kind of some kind of detection system of, you know, well, this foot contacted the base before, you know, you felt the, the percussion of, um, you know, the the uh you know the ball hitting the glove um something like that to eliminate an armando galarraga moment you know when he lost that perfect game um of course you know we have the replay system but sometimes it's still you know it it has to be clear and obvious and and i think sometimes in the same way we're talking about you know home run calls or fair and foul um you know base calls kind of fall in that same category of it being an, an exact science and I, I think there are ways that you could enhance the system and help make those calls easier um, in some cases when, when they're close. And I, I think you should still force teams to challenge them when they think that they're close. And I don't want to, you know, we don't want to get into having every play at first base being, um, you know, reviewed by that, that type of system or something like that. Um, you know, I think there, there needs to be an element of saying, hey, you know, we think this is we're going to put ourselves on the line for this call. Um, but, you know, making sure that when those plays are challenged, you're getting them right. Um, you know, I, I would like to see some kind of tracking system with the bases implemented. Oh, that's, that's actually really interesting. You know, like some kind of, I don't know, you put a plate or something in the bases and, you know, did, did the plate get pushed in before, you know, the ball hit the glove or, and, and even that's a little weird too, you know, when the ball hits the back of the glove, because that's when, they're considered out if he doesn't touch the base beforehand. So maybe you can implement some sort of technology in the gloves as well. You, you know, it's, it's, that's a pretty cool way of thinking about it. But then again, baseball is long enough, you know? So are we going to chat? Like you said, are we going to challenge every single call? I don't know, man, but no, that's, that's way better than my dumb chip in the cleats thing that I kind of just came up with (laughs) (laughs) over two days of thinking. Um, I I don't know. Anyways, let's move on to question three. And I really thought about this one because it was, I need to think of a good, you know, like good call to throw out to the opposing team. But uh, this comes from old dirty boat, Uh, (laughs) kind of a newer fan, love the Twitter handle old dirty boat. I can't get enough of it. Um, but he asked us, he said, I'm going, I'm going to go see the Indians play St. Saint Paul Saints next Friday. Other than Travis Swaggerty and O'Neill Cruz, who else should I get excited about? Any suggestions on fun things to shout out during the game? 
it's going to be a beer and baseball kind of night if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> again, old dirty boat, great question. Um, let's kind of tackle the first half of that. Um, other than Travis Swaggerty and O'Neill Cruz, uh, who are some names that we should you know, look out for. And I think the one that stands out the most anyways right now is someone maybe like a Mason Martin who actually tore the cover off the ball today uh, Mm. from what I, from what little I've seen on my breaks at work. Um, Do you kind of agree with that, Nola? Mason Martin is kind of like the number one that should stick out as of right now in Indy. Uh, I I mean, I guess if you're looking for the biggest um, <clears throat> splash potential. I don't know if that's mm. the way to put it. Just because of the big time power. Yeah. I mean, you, you wanna you wanna see a dude connect and hit a ball five fifty, then yeah. I mean you <laughs> and you obviously know I'm I'm gonna throw out Cal Mitchell because I'm I'm a Cal Mitchell oh, yeah. fan. That's your that's your it's Cal Mitchell season, obviously yeah. for you. Season spelled with an S Z N. Uh, I wish I'd have known they were going to wear the Circle City jerseys for the second for the double header. I'd uh, I'd have thrown on my 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 Cal Circle City jerseys. <laughs> no, I like Cal Mitchell. Um, obvious uh, choice for you. Um, someone like Rowanzi, you could throw out there. Yeah, that's an obvious was, choice. Give me my, but I don't know how the uh, I don't know. I was, that was going to be my pick, but I don't know how the rotation lines up for them. Whether he's what tomorrow's Friday, so did he pitch today? No, no they went with two uh, piggyback type guys. Yeah, Cam View I know, uh, and both M- Medina was supposed to be yesterday, but he got uh, traded. Yeah, he got yeah. Well, yeah, DFA didn't traded, yeah. and then they went with uh, Vo and or sorry View and uh, Solcer Solcer today, and I I don't know who's on tab for tomorrow. Yet. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they have it listed yet in the MI. It'll be. Uh, they might. I don't know. Um, Cody Bolton uh, shares my name. Yeah. I have to shout him out. Uh, and, and for good reason. I mean, from, you know, just looking at the box score, obviously I, d- I didn't get a chance to watch Cody uh, pitch yesterday. Mm-hmm. But pitch count looks like I expected. I didn't expect him to throw 80 pitches. I mean, the guy hasn't pitched in – since 2019 in August. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for a guy that hasn't pitched in that long, I mean, he he looked pretty solid for two and two thirds of an inning. Yeah. So I I think I think he's someone to keep an eye on as he builds up arm mm-hmm. strength and pitch counts and all that. I still am of the firm firm belief that he will be much better in the bullpen. I don't see him succeeding. I know, I know. That's that's me. I I say that about everybody. I know, but he honestly fits that mold. A, a lot of the a lot of the pitchers they have do. Yeah, a lot I of mean, the pitchers they have do. I have a Tampa Bay Rays state of mind when it comes to pitching. I just do. <laughs> Throw them out there for three innings, four innings max. Get another guy out there. That's fine. Adam, you uh, you beautiful handsome devil, you with the beard over there. Thank you. It's the Beard Brothers tonight, man. I wish Murph was here. We could have made it a four-way. I'm so sad about that. But uh, give us some names, man, at AAA that you've been uh, keeping an eye on, other than the two old Dirty Boat mentioned. 
Well, I, I was I was going to say Contreras, um, but again, I don't know whether he's pitching tomorrow or not. I think Mason Martin's a good one because I think, you know, he's one of the most interesting prospects in the system, um, purely on the question of can he do the boring stuff better. I, I think we know that the power's there, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it has been at every level, and you know, I, I have no doubt that it could play at the big league level. Um, you know, I'm, I have no d- doubt that he can hit balls a long way. I think the thing is, can he cut down the strikeouts and, 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 you know, can he do more of the little things, uh, when he's not just mashing, um, batter. So, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to the art, I, I don't know. I, that's probably not an exciting thing is, well, he didn't strike out. So, you know, that, that, that's exciting, but I think, you know, if he's going to be the, the type of player that, you know, I think there's a lot of hype for him to be. Um, you want to see him strike out less this year. So that'd be something I'd, you know, if he, if he has a, uh, you know, one for four night, but all the, the three were, you know, a couple of fly, you know, long fly outs and, and maybe a chopper to shortstop, you can live with you that. know, that, that's, that's maybe a sign of growth. If, if you're looking for something this early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, a lot of his critics, that's that's the number one thing with Martin is his strikeout rate. And he doesn't walk a whole lot either. But surprisingly, he had a pretty good OPS despite all of uh, those flaws uh, last year at Altoona, um, which is uh, a pitcher-friendly ballpark, to say the least. So he did put up impressive numbers. Obviously, he wasn't protected on the 40-man and the Pirates were kind of saved by that with no four, uh, Rule 5 draft happening uh, this year. I'm not sure how everything is going to go um, with the Rule 5 draft next year, if we're just going to have a whole huge group of guys available or how the hell that's going to go down. But for now, Mason Martin's a Pirate in the system, so... I'm looking forward to him throughout the whole season. And like you said, Adam, if he can cut down uh, on those strikeouts. Um, he probably does have one of the bigger wow factors of the prospects. He seems like the prototypical boom or bust kind of prospect, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be no middle ground. He's either going to explode onto the scene or he's just going to co- fall completely flat. Mm-hmm. Um, O'Neill Cruz kind of has that feeling too, doesn't he? I, I know that's like weird, to, but I don't know. Yeah. Do you see O'Neill Cruz just being average? I mean, but the thing with his skill set, I mean, his level of average though mm-hmm. would at least probably still be a productive player. Yeah. 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 I've always kind of wondered if he becomes a, you know, kind of, um, <clears throat> Know, Josh Bell just at a different position type of thing where the you know the defense is always going to be a work in progress no matter where you put him whether it's the outfield whether it's shortstop um, uh, you know and and his bat is going to do some great things at times but then you know there's going to be times where he goes through funks as well um, you know I wonder if he's going to profile like Josh Bell did and I think if he turns out that way ultimately you know it'd be a good thing for the Pirates I just um, this is one of my pet peeves is is usually when these guys are coming up through the system um, you know, the pirates and, and the broadcast and, uh, you know, they'll hype these guys to a point that, um, you know, an outcome like a Josh Bell, people think that he did, he fell short of what he could have been here. Um, and I don't necessarily know that's true. I think there's people that, um, you know, with, with Starling Marte, they think he could have been more than he was. And he's one of the greatest pirates, um, you know, certainly that anyone on this podcast has probably ever seen. 
Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's a great question on O'Neill Cruz is, um, you know, he has a lot of hype around him. I think he can be a solid big leaguer. Um, it's just a question of what the upside is with those weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, do you really buy though? Do you really buy that the pirates sent him down to work on his defense in the outfield and shortstop or, do you really know what the issue was? And that's service time. Absolutely. I, I don't believe them for a second. Yeah, oh. no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, you see every other team cashing in on the fact that they could potentially get two to three draft picks mm-hmm. by having their prospects up on the opening day roster. And in the National League, it's going to be n- not as hard to get in top two of rookie of the year. If you look at it, it really isn't going to be that hard. And I think the Pirates know that. And, and then one of the things I started thinking of too is I thought it might be a positive originally that with all these top prospects and just rookies in general starting the year on the rosters, um, my first thought was, well, that's going to completely change their Super 2 calculations, which means there's a chance that prospects will get called up, you know, say mid-May instead of mid-June because now you have all these prospects that started on the opening roster. But then with someone like Cruz, it's like, yeah, but you give him that extra half a month, a month, like that ups his chances of winning rookie of the year still. And you get nothing. He could still get that extra, that year, full year of service and you get absolutely nothing. So in his case, mid, I don't even know mid June he'll be called up because they're going to want to, limit that chances of him winning rookie of the year as much as possible now well and i think i think kind of in the long game you know with the way today went, i, I did not think a key brian hayes extension was going to happen um wow. you know the, the he'd been approached before he turned it down his dad's been in the business if there was anyone who was going to be wise to um you know what teams have tried to do in, in terms of securing you know team-friendly deals it should have been Key Brian Hayes, right? And and mm. he signed this deal. So you almost wonder if the calculus for the Pirates is, um, let's kick the can as far down the road as we can. Maybe in what's probably going to be a lost season for the big league club. Um, you know, he doesn't come up and um, inspire a ton of confidence with his total game. Maybe he has a Key Brian Hayes-like season in 2021. And maybe you can use that as leverage to secure a long-term deal. Um, yeah. You know, and play kind of that long game it's not just in terms of service time manipulation but in terms of leverage at the negotiating table yeah and can we all just acknowledge the fact that it took a bajillion years to surpass jason kendall's uh, highest paid contract by the pirates ever i mean barely barely was it 10 million kendall signed for what 60 i think it was yeah come on man it took you that long i'm sorry it I defend the Pirates to the best of my ability, but you got to call shit out when when you see it. it it's kind of crazy when you think about it, man. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. The one concern that I always had with Cabrian was the injuries, and here it is again. And, like, I'm not saying he's Gregory Polanco, not by any means, but, like, it's starting to happen. You can start feeling the the stuff in your stomach starting to turn again. It's like, he's hurt again. Right. He's supposed to be, you know, the savior or the second coming of the, I don't know it. 
maybe it's overreaction and i've i've been uh like you said earlier today nola off air brainwashed pirate fan into thinking these things um I, i don't know i don't know but we do have to move on to the next question and old dirty boat gave us a second one because he was feeling frisky today. Um, he wants to know over or under seven wins for this team. And I think after today, we kind of uh, changed our answers. I was leaning towards maybe over, maybe, probably not, but definitely not now. I, I, I just don't feel it, man. I feel maybe 63, 64 wins for this team. I don't know. I, I was I was thinking maybe see, I got a lot of crap last year for saying um, they were going to lose a hundred games. Um, I think a lot of people because you know there were there were certain people who said losing a hundred games is hard to do, and that's true. But I believed in their ability to do that. But just to be pedantic this year, I'm going to go 63 and 99, and just avoid <laughs> you know any of the symbolic 100 loss picks. Yeah. I could see that. I honestly could see that record, though. I mean, are you going full dark mode, Nola, and going like 105 losses, like some sites have uh, mentioned? Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, the context of this season is going to be a little different, just because. In, in first, I mean, our our division got so, even worse. Our it's division bad. got so bad. It's bad. And it's disappointing to think about because the Pirates I mean, could have made some moves and made some pushes. Yeah, I, I mean, the Cubs made some moves, and they had Rafael Ortega leading off. And still Frank Schwindel, the, who was like the 28-year-old rookie last year, starting. And it's just like, it ain't pretty. Our division ain't pretty. No. For one. Um, for two, the other thing is, I mean – in the same way we would, uh, in theory, talk about, you know, the reserves coming in for a playoff run, I think there is the possibility of, you know, say a Swaggerty coming up midseason who, in his, in his own, is going to provide probably better defense and more speed yeah. than what we have out there. I mean, who, yeah. I don't know if I would call him a more polished Greg Allen in a sense, but that he's someone, if he can stay healthy again. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I'm i going to, you know, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to say 68. I'm going to go 68. Okay. 68 wins. Okay. Okay. A little more positive than uh, Adam or, or me over here, but 68, yeah, I, I could see it. I could definitely see it. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see over 70 wins in any any scenario maybe if mitch keller goes crazy mode and like yeah contends for a cy young 70 is is decent baseball i mean it's not like you know it's not great by any stretch but it's it's Mm. like that was that's what i consider to be watchable is like anything north of 70 between 70 and 81 um you know, I don't, I don't get that vibe from the team at all, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's really going to be predicted by what kind of pitching we end up getting. You know, I mean, if right now we, I mean, we haven't seen, we saw Keller in spring training, but we haven't seen him in a regular season game. And his biggest issue previously to me was, you know, you'd get five strong innings from him, like, okay, maybe this is sort of something new. Then the next game, you'd get blown up in two innings. So is he going to be consistent this year? 
Because right now it's, I mean, Murph ain't here, so you can't, you know, bear growl at me. But, <laughs> I mean, if what Brubaker today, if that is the cream of our crop right now, it's going to be hard to win 70 games. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to get into the whole bullpen speech again because that's where I always go with Brubaker. We'll, we'll just yeah. start. We're, we're going to move on to the next question here. Um, and it came by email. I'm so happy I set up the email because technically we skipped the second half of Old Dirty Boat's first question. Oh, I forgot all about that. I was getting hyped about the over under 70 wins. Um, we got to get to the second half. We got to get some good call outs uh, to the opposing team, man. I mean, he, he is in a weird section, uh, as we saw. But I mean, we got to come up with some good, not super dirty call outs, but something that uh, is worthy so yeah ha, what, adam well, want, yeah let's let, let, let's let adam lead with this because uh we've been leading throughout the questions give us some good calls to call out to the opposing teams from the stands man not the too crazy but like a little drunk and a little fun well i think you gotta find the guys with hoodies on and give them give them the business because this time of year you know, I remember lots of opening days. I, remember, I think it was Jim Edmonds that, uh, you know, I remember this. He was always getting the business uh, in the outfield um, because he would wear the hoodie under the uniform. Um, you know, you got to you gotta get after the guys with the hoodies. And I, I don't know how many of them wear them anymore, but um, that's my favorite kind of cold weather, you know, early season heckling. Um, or, you know, you got to do your homework and, and find out, like, some of the players that have, um, you know, kind of more boring first names or even just like a, a first name that they don't go by, just call them their first name, um, you know, instead of, you know, whatever, because I think it was Buster Posey. Um, you know, we, uh, we sat up up in the upper deck and just kept yelling Gerald because that's his real name. So you, <laughs> you know, if, there's a guy, if there's a guy on the team that, that goes by something other than his actual name, just call him by that, that name. <laughs> that's what that's a name like gerald <laughs> gerald <laughs> like, thinking, is that my mother is that my cousin something someone calling i know we we got we got lucky one time because uh we we used to get a group sometimes we would get like 20 to 30 people to go and we'd, we'd sit right behind first base and we got real lucky it was either the first or second inning and tommy joseph was playing first base and he dropped a like easy can of corn pop-up in foul territory and we just rode him all game because of it. <clears throat> but, I mean, but it's, well, that's why it kind of stings again because, you know, the game's not till next Friday, so you don't know who's pitching, you don't know who's going to be playing. It's, it's kind of hard to come up with a game plan, especially when you're sitting behind home plate, I guess. So you might have to run them when they're batting. Because um, a, a good one, especially because I saw Bachelors on their roster, although he's on the developmental list because just – something easy with us being Pirates fans and just be like, man, you weren't good enough to pitch for the Pirates. Just right <laughs> for that. I mean, uh, Derek Rodriguez is on the, the Saints. You could uh, tell him that he got he got the height, but not the talent from his father. That kind of stings. That kind of stings. He's getting all I mean, personal. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not dirty. One of I mean, my got, favorites. One of the favorites. Francisco too. You can get him. One of the favorites I always called out when I went to uh, the high school football games back in uh, 
my day, which I don't, my birthday's on Wednesday. I'm turning 27. So I, I feel old, but I'm, I'm not really old. Um, mm-hmm. But I used to say, I hope both the sides of your pillow aren't cool. Like I used to just <laughs> yell that every game. <laughs> Or I hope you get a hangnail every Wednesday, like something crazy off the wall shit, man. Like, and it would just get them off their game. So you got to get creative with it. You just have to come up with something super random. Like when I played football and I played defensive line, I used to talk to the center all the time. I used to tell him what I had for dinner, what I'm going to do after the game. And eventually he got distracted. So come up with some crazy shit off the wall. You just have to like i hope both sides of your pillow aren't cool in the morning or in the middle <laughs> of the night i hope that every hour you have to wake up to go pee something crazy like just i i don't know man you just have to and you're gonna be a little little inebriated from what it seems so don't go too crazy mr dirty boat or, but or enjoy what you the need game to do is uh you know Take some of the lyrics from uh, Cisco's thong song and, you, and uh, twi- twist them into something about baseball or chant Cisco and shout it at him. Nice. I mean, that's, pretty, that's pretty creative. I like that. I like that. Um, Adam, you got any uh, other good zingers to call out, man? No, those are my best ones. I, I, got, uh, I got flicked off by... Uh, Delman Young at one point because he dropped or no, it was, I don't know if you guys remember the time he got uh, benched for slapping Manny Acta's butt in celebration uh, uh, and then the yeah. afternoon game two days later when he got put back in the lineup and we just kept screaming the manager's name and he flicked us off so he, sometimes you just gotta like you just gotta <laughs> do your homework and know what you're talking about when you walk in the building pick your target and then just go for like, you know, the, the, I can't give you a generic one that that's as good as any of the things that I've done that have been targeted and like surgical for specific people. You're methodical with it. Devious, <laughs> devious I, I wish I, I got on, I got Ryan court real pissed one time. I, I wish I could remember what it was, but I, I got him real mad one time. <laughs> Feel free to interrupt if you think about it. Cause I'm sure it's a good one. Definitely. I don't remember. But you need to remember, Nola. You need to. It's it's my my memory isn't what it used to be. <sighs> Juju's ruining your memory. He is. My sleep in my memory. <laughs> All right. Uh let's move on to question five. Uh second to last question here. Um well, we kind of did touch on it already. It was the O'Neill Cruz situation. So let's let's uh segue into I guess the last question. Because we did get some good O'Neill Cruz talk, you know, with the service time manipulation and all that fun stuff. Um, but let's talk about a prospect that did get the opening day roster invite. Um, that's Diego Castillo. Uh, he put up some <laughs> impressive Kevin Newman-esque spring training numbers. Um, not as good as 750 or whatever the hell he batted in spring training. Um, but he showed some pop. And it was kind of unexpected. I didn't expect him to have that much pop, but maybe the, it was wind aided in some form or fashion because it's Bradenton. It's a little weird. But, you know, is he the real deal? Is there some in between with him or was this a Kevin Newman spring training and he doesn't pan out? You know, I'm kind of curious where you, you guys stand on that situation. 
Paul. Uh, for me, I'm going to pair it something that the great uh, Pat Lackey at Wygavs, one of my favorite pirate follow, follows, said is, um, you know, I think the reason Diego Castillo is on this roster and O'Neill Cruz is not, what, what's what could be the, the big difference? He's not a I top 100 that, prospect. Right. I think that the Pirates do not believe in him, um, you know, as the real deal. And so it's easier for them to decide not to manipulate his service time, to take the good, you know, spring training story and say, look, we're not manipulating service time. Like we thought he was ready and we didn't think O'Neill Cruz was. Um, you know, I think that that kind of signals to me that they don't believe in him, which is not to say that he, he can't, you know, prove them wrong. I, I think he did. Um, you know, this spring just to, to, to earn, earn the job. And now he's got a shot and he has a chance to take it. And, um, you know, so I, I think it'll be interesting, but my read on the situation is that the fact that he's here at all kind of signals that they don't believe in him as much. And if he does turn out, it'll be more of a pleasant surprise than it will be, you know, kind of part of the plan. I like that. I like the, the thinking on that. It's a little sick and twisted and dark. <laughs> but I mean, that's the pirate way, man. I mean, he's yeah. he's thinking like a a fan that has seen some uh, Vietnam esque flashbacks uh, with the way they handle these cats. Um, are you of the same mind frame, or do you have more of a positive outlook, man? Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Probably a little more in between. Um, I don't know if I'd say I don't think they don't believe in him necessarily. Um, I think part of it was that he played himself into it a little bit. Um, I don't think he's going to go bonkers and, sus- you know, sustain a everyday role from that get-go and never move from the spot. But I do think there are tools there that – because he's always been a high-contact type player. Um, <clears throat> so that skill set is there. And last year was the first time he really started showing power. Um, and obviously we saw, you know, he could handle, you know, all infield positions. I mean, he, he made some nice picks at third. And then especially yeah. when we saw uh, Park there uh, a game or two later, you know, he could pick it, but he just didn't have the arm. Whereas, you know, Castillo could pick it and throw it. Um, so he, he may not be fully polished yet, but I think there's still a chance um in terms of the don't believe in them uh that i could see that more so if we're talking like a rodolfo castro when they jumped him all the way from double a to the bigs just because he was needed it was in part a need because they just their injuries yeah and they just refused to put him in triple a too they just kept flipping them back and forth from double a well, um, let me can, can I amend my statement a little bit? Um, yeah, I wonder if it's kind of a, a like a, a how they handled Josh Harrison, how they handled mm-hmm. Adam Frazier. Those guys never had scholarships. Right. Um, you know, they kind Just of up and, down, up and down. Yeah, yeah they, they had to earn their way into the lineup. Um, you know, they had to hit in a way that you couldn't deny. Um, and certainly, I w- like I don't want to say that I know enough about Diego Castillo to say that he can't turn out like those two guys and end up being a, a pretty solid player you know, not a star level mm-hmm. guy, um, mm-hmm. but someone who's useful and, and, and brings utility. Um, it, it just seems to me like they don't have an answer um, for him at this point. And, and um, you know, he's not someone that's, that's necessarily written in blood into the long-term plan, which right. is not to say you can't amend the plan on the fly, but 
Um, but that's just, it seems like they're handling him more like those guys um, and, and yeah. kind of forced him to earn his way into proving that he belongs here. We kind well, of been... touched on that too, Nola, uh, Murph, you and I, when we discussed Castillo, because he was kind of that perfect bridge player before Nikki G came up, you know, mm-hmm. that second base guy, super utility type role. And I kind of wanted to get your feel for that. Do you think Castillo's ceiling is that super utility-esque guy? Kind of like a Josh Harrison where you can plug and play him wherever and he can hit for contact? Well, and I mean, that, that, I mean, that, I don't know if I necessarily, I mean, that probably is his ceiling as of right now is more of like a Fraser or Harrison type mm-hmm. um, to where he could play himself into an everyday role. And I know somebody else even mentioned it too in that, I guess it does kind of play into what Adam was saying is that it not so much that they don't believe in him. It's just, they don't believe he's going to be a superstar. Yeah. So he could be a two, three war player, which is a very useful player. Yeah. You also know that, you know, we already control him until he's 30 because he's 24 right now. He'll be 25. I think I just looked it up in October. So you already control until he's 30 and he's not likely to turn into a six, seven, eight war player, you know, like, that's what Cruz's ceiling is. Ceiling, yeah. Is he going to reach it? No one knows. But the potential that he could reach that is going to, you know, boost his career earnings a lot. Whereas Castillo is going to be more like a Harrison or Frazier and be a, you know, or like a Chris Taylor type of player. I mean, Rant we, guys won't him. we won't dream. see him in center field, but. Rant guy's wet dream right oh, there. Yeah you know he loves those type of players. Mm-hmm. Bring back Wilmer Defoe, goddammit. Bring him back. We need his power off the bench. Oh, yeah. We need the power. <laughs> but no, I, I think Diego Castillo is pretty much what you guys are saying. It's He's not going to be a superstar, but hes I, I don't think he's going to be a below average player. I think he's going to be slightly above average. I think he's going to be a super useful player, kind of like how you feel Ben Gamble, Nola is going to be this year, that two war esque player. And that's valuable. And, you know, the pirates way of thinking, maybe eventually down the line, if he maintains that two to three war esque type player, you could flip him and then recycle again. So I don't know. And all I can say is the Pirates won the Clay Holmes trade. That's all I can say right there. I, I was always such a Clay Holmes fan, too. Clay Holmes never put it together, man. Nah. I remember watching him in AAA games and I was like, did, did, when he was on, he was unhittable. Yeah. Kyle Crick, too. I think he, uh, Clay Holmes never outran that. I remember they, they were coming down from Colorado into uh, San Francisco. Mm. one time and they were they were they were messing around with the uh you know promoting a guy for a spot start coming down from Colorado because of the you know the altitude and everything and then he just got shelled I was actually at that game oh really Um, I think that that's like the for a lot of people that's the kind of thing that just puts a sour because they they, you know they were theoretically contending that year they were they had Mm. just made the Chris Archer trade everyone was fired up it was not like they were completely out of contention um, you know, people were hoping, oh, all right, this is, they're going to make a push here. Um, and then they just rolled out Clay Holmes for no reason. And he got bombed 
um, you know, in an important series where everyone was paying attention. And some some guys never outrun, you know, a game like that. I'll always remember that game for sure. Well, what wasn't his debut against the Brewers, and he went like five innings and like two runs, but then they sent him down right after. People were pissed. I think he had been getting jerked around. Yeah. 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 Clay Holmes, man. His he had some sick movement, man. The movement on his pitches, spin rate guy with some velocity too. I don't know. And then, and then he got the Yankee look and it was weird. Like the whole Yankee way thing is so weird to me, man. Like, what was it? Roof Nino door had the big bushy beard. Then he gets to the Yankees and he's like a baby face. What's going on with that? uh, Clay Holmes was kind of, I guess in thinking about it, he was kind of like, the last of the I'll, I'll say the last of the Mohicans I was thinking that too <laughs> <laughs> but just like in those those playoff years and we had you know that top farm system and that's when you know we were telling ourselves like oh we have all these arms coming up and you know your Tyone cool King mm. Clay Holmes and you know we had all these those prep pitchers and it was like we have all this this huge talent and then you know Tyone couldn't stay healthy. And then Kingham had that arm injury. And then Cool could never find his control. And Holmes had injury problems. And I, I think he was like of that group. Was probably the last one. Yeah. The Searage boys. Two seamers. Just throw two seamers. That's all mm-hmm. you need to do. You know that picture where he's doing the deuces? He was just telling him to throw two seamers. That's all he's doing. I remember posting the meme of uh, you could fit so many blank in this and it was mm. that with Ray Sears you could fit so many two seamers in this bad boy <laughs> um one one more thing before you know we end the show here and it kind of stuck in a lot of Pirates fans crawls when Austin Meadows got traded and everyone started bringing up the Chris Archer thing again and you know we mentioned Chris Archer recently so how are we feeling about this that all these emotions are coming up again you know was the addition of Shane Baz the only bad part of that deal or you know are we still feeling the same way we did when it happened you know I I just need to know how how did you guys feel when it happened I wasn't a fan see my my recollection the time because uh, I, I you know I kind of felt at the time that th- they were making the move in that Chris Archer trade that everyone wanted them to make mm-hmm. and I think I had lukewarm feelings on the necessity of it personally um you know but but there was it's revisionist history to say that people were not behind that trade when it happened yeah. um and I'm sure you guys as, as guys who are really into the prospects and all that stuff like I can see certainly that argument and I would have been on that side but I think a lot it's it's kind of like the reverse Mazeroski moment or the reverse immaculate reception moment. Everyone says that they were at the, um, you know, immaculate reception, but most of them were. And I think a lot of people thought that are saying now they thought the the Chris Archer trade was bad at the time, but it was exactly the, the type of deal that a lot of people were calling for. Um, and, and so it's through that lens that I, I still view it um, of, you know, people wanted them to go for it. They did. It didn't work that's the price of doing business sometimes is you have, you, you make trades like that. Um, that's the point of having prospects is to, to use them to potentially make a playoff run. I mean, how, how much differently do we look at the franchise if they make the, the playoffs in 2018 and, and Chris Archer works out, is that worth, you know, what you lost in the guys yeah. you sent? Probably not still, but 
um, you know, I, I still I still remember what the discussion was at the time, and that kind of colors how I look back at it now. Well, yeah. I know me personally, um, I I was a fan of it, and thinking that Archer would was a strong potential uh, bounce back candidate per se, but. I was less a fan of it as soon as Baz was added. I know when it when it happened, I was like, "Oh, this is great!" And we oh, we gave up uh, Glass now. Like, oh, whatever. He hasn't been pitching well. He can't find the strike zone. He's a reliever now. And Meadows it was like, "Oh, he's injury prone, and we don't have a spot for him at the time." You know, Mark, we had you know the full outfield. So at that yeah. time, it was like I I felt strong about it. I, I really didn't like the Baz inclusion. The, the Baz inclusion is what kind of I wouldn't say I went full negative on it, but his inclusion kind of turned me sour on it in the same way that I remember when we traded Liriano, it was like Liriano and Harold Ramirez. I was like, yeah, whatever. Okay. And then they had a Reese McGuire and it was like, why, why, why did you include Reese McGuire? Who? I mean, I guess. Now we know why. Reese McGuire. (laughs) Yeah. Cause he likes, uh, you know, those Florida parking lots. uh, (laughs) Them yoga pants, man. They're they're, they're the days, but even at, even still, it, it it felt like that. Th- those are two parts, I guess, trades that I think of like in Neil's history. That is just like it feels like it was a little desperation to get rid of. Well, a little dis- desperation to get rid of Liriano, and a little desperation to get Archer. Yeah, overreached in a way. Um, yeah. but I I I was never really that rough on neil as a lot of other people were you you know you look at the 2019 draft class man and i look at that as his final stamp on what the pirates could be because you look at the 2019 draft class and there's a lot of dudes that are projected to make the team in 2023 and 2024 who could potentially turn this team around so yeah neil made some questionable moves but at the end of the day we're in a good position because of him still yeah. And that's well, how I look at I mean, it. I mean, he—I've always took the stance that he was—he was strong at acquiring players and prospects. He just, just wasn't strong develop. at developing them. Yeah. Which, ironically, a lot of the scouts that Neil had still remain. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that in itself kind of proves that point that you know they still have majority, like a lot of the same scouts yeah. that Neil had. So, and people are much think the farm system is fantastic now with the same scouts you know yeah i just wish we could fast forward to 23 24 see what actual moves that we make instead of signing you know your anthony alford type deals and your yoshi tsugo type deals and waiver pickups like i want to see some legit like aj burnett Ask, ask acquisitions we're not going to make the 300 million dollar contract acquisitions like garrett cole and all that but we need to start seeing some sort of plan mm. soon um and and you know that's that's where we'll end uh this podcast is just on a positive note good things are happening yeah the pirates got shellacked today and it's going to be a rough year but it's expected it's extremely expected. I just really hope that my prediction that they finish fourth and the Reds finish fifth happens <laughs> because the Reds t- tore it down to the studs as well. And I think the Pirates are in a little better position, but who knows? Um, Adam, really, really appreciate you coming on the show, man. 
just give a little shout out to yourself. You know, where can the people find you on social media and, you know, where can they see your work? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Fujimaster24, F-U-G-I. Um, and I'm at, all my work appears at post-gazette.com. Um, I'm actually going to be having a, you know, a mathematical, you know, contract breakdown coming down uh, tomorrow morning on the website, in addition to some Steelers mock drafts. Um, so keep an eye out for that. And of course, please um, stay tuned to Jason Mackey, Mike Persack, our great uh, Pirates writers. They have you covered. Jason's in St. Louis. He's um, you know, going to have all the news and, and details on everything. So, um, you know, please keep tuned to him and uh, please consider subscribing because it helps us do, you know, the journalism, uh, you know, that the, the the powers baby. the post. Yep, the grind. And Jason Mackey was the last guest on this show. And I must admit, his mustache is looking phenomenal. He shaved it, though. I know. I'm so sad. Disappointed. I, I'm not shaving. You guys don't have to worry about that. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, all right. I, I'll take that. I'll take that. You're not a consolation prize by any means, but that if that's our form of consolation, I'm happy with it. That's fine. <laughs> We're the beer brothers today, man. Um, Adam, like I said, really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, hopefully we can reconnect sometime during the season, man. Absolutely, would love to. All right, man. Have a good night. You too. Go on, man. Well, there you have it, folks. Adam Bittner, Post-Gazette, digital producer. Uh, he told us that it's a fancy way of uh, saying blogger, which I thought was rather witty of him. Uh, gave some good insights. I, I really loved his uh, methodical use of uh, chirps at the opposing teams, man. He, he goes personal with it. I love it. Um <laughs> But no, I thought there was a good uh, set list of questions and, you know, we got some good talk. I really appreciated the O'Neill Cruz talk. Finally got it out there. You know, it's a frustrating thing to think about um, with everyone call. It's like the SpongeBob meme where Squidward's looking out at SpongeBob and Patrick playing. And, uh, you know, it's O'Neill Cruz <laughs> watching everyone else get called up and he's getting sent down to AAA to work mm-hmm. on defense in quotation marks. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather him work it out in the majors, but that's just me, I guess. Um, and Charrington even said back in 2013, I think, with the Reds that AAA really isn't a place for development. It's just yeah. a wasteland of quad A guys. And so I think someone posted that in reference to Xander Bogarts, and then I think I saw someone say after that, they're like, "Yeah," and then Xander Bogarts spent two months in AAA. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I don't know, man. I all the double talk and I don't know. I, I'm I'm just not a fan of it in general. And I'm not a fan especially, of losing. Especially when, you know, one of the first things they said when they took over was, you know, we're going to be more transparent. It's like, we've just gotten more of the corporate speak. And it seems like a lot of times, like even more corporate speak. And it's just like, ugh. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, when you, even when you hear him talk, when you heard him talk on a couple of times in spring training, it was, like expected answers and you could tell that either Greg Brown or Matt Caps was feeding him answers basically the, with the way they worded questions mm-hmm. it was like dude we're not really getting anything substantial and you know this probably isn't entirely his fault but why did it take so long to see the minor league rosters it should not have taken this long well, it took them so long to get come up the MLB roster too I know it, it it makes no sense and you know I get that there was some 
roster battles, but it shouldn't have taken that long. And then you got guys like Bly Madris that played his ass off, not get a chance in the outfield, but yet you pick up Josh Van Meter. Why? Well, and part of it, I don't know, thinking about it now, like I almost feel like a lot of it probably had to do with guys like Knapp and uh, Mariznick were probably didn't want to come here. And they were holding out and holding out and holding out until it was like, all right, the Pirates are literally my last option. Yeah. I don't mind the Marisnik signing. I mean, it's not the worst. but No, it just doesn't really move the needle at all. No, and you could have done the same thing with a guy like Bly. I'm sorry, you could have. And plus, it would have helped out with our marketing. <laughs> we could yeah. have released. Well, and like, and like I said, you know, ironically, they went with the more expensive option. That is ironic. They're, Ethan's they're brain exploded. Yeah, they went, they went, yeah. <laughs> I need his numbers out ASAP. I need him out. I'm sure he'll be coming soon. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's working away on him. Um, but as always, man, we got to leave the folks with some impending words of wisdom uh, for the day. So give us uh, some good wisdom to end the show on. I feel like I don't ever have ever have great wisdom. No, it's Murph's job usually, isn't it? Like I feel lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you have a bald head, uh, make sure to try and shave every other day because if you go longer than that, it's a pain in the ass. Hmm. And uh, if you have a beard like us, don't ever shave it. See how long it grows. Unless you yeah, play maybe, for the maybe Yankees. just maybe just the under kindling. <laughs> Otherwise, it connects to the chest hair. Ooh, I haven't had that happen yet. No. I need to. Is it? Is it yeah, cool? It, it'll go all the way down to the chest, room, man. Oh, like covers up the Adam's apple and everything. Yeah, man. It'll, it'll go all oh, down. Shit. All down the neck. Yeah. Oh, all down in there. Down in there. All right, man. I could dig that. Uh, that little tidbit of the day. Um, usually, Murph would say, "Stay in school. Don't do what I do." <laughs> and yeah. we don't have a good laugh about it. Um, or I guess uh, baseball words of wisdom. Uh, I mean, if the Pirates are upsetting you that much, save yourself some some money and just get the uh, minor league package. Yes, was it fifty bucks? Yeah, it. Uh, yeah. Did you figure that out? Did you call them? Everything. Call them back again, but I've been too busy. Mm. They stole your monies. They did. They said they're giving it back, and they still haven't given it back. Bastards! You need to go all. Uh mafia on him bring a baseball bat probably where's my money where's my... wait outside the offices <laughs> but boys and girls that's gonna do it for this episode um hope you enjoyed it uh hope we answered your questions to the best of our ability um it was a fun one always enjoy mailbag episodes because i get a chance to be lazy and not come up with content and just come up with answers so mm-hmm. we get a chance to get interviewed for once so that was fun. Um, if you want another mailbag episode, just let us know in the comments. Maybe we can do this because we are moving to two shows a week now. So let us know. And I'm really excited about, you know, jumping onto two episodes because mm-hmm. I always love talking baseball with you guys. And I missed you guys. I know last week we didn't get a chance to do it, but glad to be back and in the swing of things. And 
hopefully we can get uh, the website up and some merchandise here soon. And you guys can support us the best way you can. Uh, don't expect anything from you guys, but your support, but some money our way would be helpful because being a journalist and podcaster, it doesn't pay the bills. So uh, any, any helps, but guys, uh, like always, we give out our socials before we end it. So for me personally, I would appreciate a follow on Twitter at Murphanko. That's M-U-R-P-H-A-N-K-O. Um, I tweet some funny stuff, articles, the podcast. So give me a follow there. Uh, Murph Dog, even though he's not here, I'll give out his socials. It's double underscore Murphy 88. Um, he always tweets out those YouTube videos and always fights with Rant Guy. So that's always fun to watch. <laughs> um, Nola, give out your socials, man, before we end this. At Nola Jeffy, N-O-L-A-J-E-F-F-Y. All right, man. It's been a fun episode, boys and girls. We love you very, very much. Most importantly, baseball is back. And let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks.